Good morning, and welcome to Media Bistro's Morning Media Menu. I'm Jason Bogue, the other Media Bistro's publishing blog, Daily Cat, and your host for the next 10 minutes. Today, I'm joined, as I am every Monday, by a publishing guest talking about the literary world and giving advice for writers. Today's no different. I have a very special guest. I'd like to say hello to Evan Hughes, the author of Literary Brooklyn, The Writers of Brooklyn and the Story of American City Life. Good morning, Evan. Thanks for having me on the show, Jason. Oh, it's so good to have you. Um, I have to say this book is very near and dear to my heart. I lived and wrote in Brooklyn for a number of years, and uh, it's, it's so good to see the rich history of other writers there being celebrated. Why don't you tell our readers just a little bit more about your book, and we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, I think as anyone who uh, is listening to this knows, uh, Brooklyn has become a real literary capital and full of cultural vitality of every kind, but particularly a magnet for literary talent. And But I wanted to look into tracing the literary lineage of the, lineage of the place that leads up to today as well. Um, it's a very rich literary tradition, more rich even than I thought when I began this project. And I think it really tells you a lot about the history of the place and about the history of urban life to look at the literature itself. Um, it gives you a very fine-grained portrait of history, the way it was actually lived by the people who lived it. Um, so that's what I was going for. Is there a particular story that kind of jumps out at you that kind of uh, made you realize you're on the right track, uh, that, that made you uh, just uh, really feel like these writers in Brooklyn? Hmm. Well, I can think of I can think of one thing. I, I guess um, just discovering these these rich connections between these writers, often despite their being widely separated in years, um, and you know you discover that Fort Green Park, which is where very near to where I live in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, is that Whitman was really the driving force championing the park. He editorialized that Brooklyn needed a park day after day in the Brooklyn Daily Eagle. It didn't have any at the time. So Fort Green Park was the first. And then, you know, 40, 50 years later, Henry Miller is struggling over his an early novel that was never published during his lifetime, but he would go to the top of Fort Green Park and read when he got tired of writing and doze off. And um, you know, within a decade, Marianne Moore is spending time in the park. She lived around the corner, and she's playing tennis there um, with ch- with the local children. And then Richard Wright, in 1940, writes much of Native Son while sitting at the top of the park. He would walk in in the morning just at sunrise and work for several hours at the top of the park with his legal pad and um, so it's it's neat to see that it's like overlays on a map, you know. Um, they each give you a picture of a place at a different time, and and from their unique perspective. That's excellent. I sat in that park many days myself writing, and uh, I, I didn't realize how much history was there alongside of me. What uh, do do you have any advice or anything you learned that might be helpful for other writers uh, by studying the lives of these writers in Brooklyn? Well, there's a lot about persistence. I mean, many, many of the writers who've come out of Brooklyn and 
you know, that that are now very well known, their success was not at all inevitable. Um, no one's success is inevitable, I suppose, but um, a lot of them were were gritty types. They didn't come from the right kind of pedigree or family, you might think. Um, I mean, it starts with Whitman, who's like when he comes around, literature is basically an upper crust occupation. You know, people with um, starched white collars who went to Harvard. Mm-hmm. That's who was writing, and and he and he is this scruffy journeyman journalist who dresses in working man clothes and sides with the underdog, and. Um, he self-published Leaves of Grass out of this little print shop. Um, and, you know, similarly, Henry Miller, he was trying mightily to become a writer uh, while he was living in Brooklyn up until about age 40 um, with no success. And mm. then he then moved to Paris and wrote Tropic of Cancer, which was his breakthrough, of course. So, you know, um, I think any writing successful writer has to believe in themselves before anyone else does. Mm-hmm. And I saw that lesson a lot in studying these these writers' lives. Very valuable advice, actually, and, uh, especially during these times when a writer can get buried online by the chorus mm-hmm. of other voices around them. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I really wanted to talk about is uh, you had a pretty innovative book party to celebrate this book. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you put that together and then uh, how it went? Sure, sure. Um, so I did I, – I, I, I had a party that I, if I do say so, I thought was a great success. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hosted by Powerhouse Arena in Dumbo, Brooklyn. And which is a great space, and I highly recommend it. Um, and it, I guess, it came together partly because I, my feeling was that I, you know I have some panel discussions coming up. Um, I'm having an on-stage conversation with the writer Nelson George at Greenlight Bookstore, and then I'm doing a panel at Book Court, and um, that. So the first event, I wanted to just sort of be a launch party and to be as social as possible and not to have people having to um, sit still and behave for for mm-hmm. too long. You know, people want to mingle with the friends they came with. So, so you know, the party was two hours, but I, I really made an effort to keep the – the sort of readings and entertainment to like a 30 minute period. So, so that's what I did. And so, and I brought other writers into it. I was interested in doing that. So, um, two other writers who lived in Brooklyn, Ture and, um, Michael Thomas both read from, uh, selections from Brooklyn literature. Um, and I read for only like four minutes and, talked a little bit about the book for a couple minutes and and then Alina Simone and her band who were terrific played three songs and then you know after that there was time for people to buy books talk and uh, be merry Mm -hmm. 
So what do you think is the magic formula that you figured out there if you were giving advice to someone else planning their own book party? I'm sorry, I missed the first sentence there. Oh, yeah. What would be the magic formula that you figured out uh, if you were giving advice to someone setting up their own book party? <laughs> well, I don't know if there was any magic in it, but um, mm -hmm. we um, – I, I, I think I think keeping it – Keeping it relatively brief and engaging, um, keeping in mind that um, it, it's tough. I think reading aloud is a tough way to engage an audience. Um, it can work, but I think um, that it's best to be concise. So, um, And having a range of people get up on stage for just a few minutes each, I think that was a success. Excellent. Um, once again, we're talking to Evan Hughes, the author of Literary Brooklyn, and we're just about out of time here, but uh, where can people find your book online and find you online? You can find me at literarybrooklyn.com, which um, has links to buy the book from your independent bookseller uh, or from your online sellers, and it has a page of the upcoming events for the book, and I hope to see many of your listeners there. Cool. Great talking to you, and uh, best of luck on the rest of your tour. Uh, my pleasure. All right, and we'll see everybody tomorrow for another edition of the Morning Media Menu. Until then, good morning and good luck.